sending him with the purpose that he would live a perfect life and then die a perfect death for us on our behalf that is sufficient to cancel the debt that we owed. And so, Lord, as we think on this, um, you spoke of it as your glory being shown and displayed. Let us see who you are, God, your love, your concern, your holiness, your beauty. God, change us now. Speak to us by your spirit. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you draw us near in all things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Mark chapter 14, verse 12 through 17. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when he sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest's room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. I stand raised in the presence of Jesus the singing how 
room that night to celebrate Passover, the disciples and Jesus went into that room with very different anticipations for the next 24 hours. When the disciples went in there, they thought that in 24 hours, Jesus will have taken over, Rome will have fallen, Jesus will have established himself as the ruler of a new, independent, and free Israel, and the 12 disciples would be sitting on thrones ruling with him because they've been following him so faithfully these last three and a half years. That's what they thought. Jesus knew that in 24 hours, there was going to be a very different outcome from that, that all of history would have turned 180 degrees on the axis of three words yelled from the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. Everything necessary has been accomplished. And while the Jews have been looking forward to the appearance of Messiah for thousands of years, Jesus at this night is establishing a commemorative that's going to be both memorial and prophetic. Because after this night, the church, which is the offspring of the church and of the cross and the recipient of the new covenant, is going to be reminded of something that has taken place in the past and looking forward to something that's going to take place in the future because it says in 1 Corinthians 11, as often as you eat this bread, you do proclaim the Lord's death. You are, you are reminding the world when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it is a proclamation that someone died, that there's a death. It's a memorial. We look back at something that was accomplished 2,000 years ago. But it's also prophetic because at the same time it reminds us of the past. It looks toward the future and reminds us that we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Until the day Jesus returns, there's always going to be a church. There's always going to be a witness. There will always be the opportunity for one more person until that last day for one more person to accept Jesus as their Savior. And that is the promise. That we, that we have represented in this Lord's Supper. But the disciples are sitting there thinking, oh, it's about to, everything's about to go good. It, it, until he comes, what do you mean? He's already come. We've been waiting for this for 2,000, 3,000 years. He's already come. They have no clue that everything is about to go dark. They think that all that's left now is the transition of power. Just have a few papers to sign, and then, then we're in like Flynn, and Jesus will be in charge. Rome will fall. Jesus will rule. And what a glorious day that will be. And then they have the events of the night. Their inability to just stay and pray and watch with him for an hour. If they can't even pray with him, how in the world are they going to rule with him? They see the advance of the enemy soldiers led by one of their own. It's that guy Judas. They've always been kind of sketchy about him. When the soldiers walk up, they get knocked back. Okay, that was easy enough. Maybe it's about to happen now. And then they get up and they take Jesus into custody and they're hauling him off to be tried. Well, maybe he's going into the heart of the beast and he's going to destroy this thing from the inside out. But their mood begins to turn with the mood of the crowd. Bravado has turned to uncertainty. Promises have evaporated and bluster has betrayed them. And Peter, 
loudest of them all skulks away behind a trio of denials. The work of Jesus accomplished on the cross, he accomplished completely and utterly alone. Because on the cross is when he cried out to the Father, the one with whom he has eternally been coexistent in one one being. they've They've just been wrapped up in love for one another now hanging on the cross, the one that he has been one with for all eternity, him and me and me and him is what he said. Now he looks at that one and says, dear God, what have you, what have, why have you forsaken me? Now the work done, the penalty paid, Jesus cries out in a very loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And it's over. It's over. But what, what exactly was it? What is the it that was over? What did he accomplish there? As he took the bread that night, the last night with his disciples, he broke it in front of them, and he let them know, listen, this bread represents something. This bread is to remind you of something. He told them in Matthew 26, take and eat this, because this bread, this bread is my body. And in that body, something was accomplished. In that body, separation was done away with. There was a separation between us and a loving God because our sins, according to Isaiah 59, 2, our sins had separated us from God. When we, when we and every one of us did this in the Garden of Eden, we weren't there physically, but we've been there corporally. When we turned our back on Him and chose our sin, there's a separation that took place between us and God. God said, I can't have that flesh in my presence. There's no flesh that's going to glory in His presence. And so He rightly banished us from the garden, made sure we couldn't get back in, set angels there to keep the way. There's a separation that has taken place between us and God. Friends, the sin of separation which hung like a veil in the temple has been torn from top to bottom so that now we can have access into the very presence of the Father because of the body of Jesus Christ. Because of that bread that he broke and said, take and eat, this is my body. Colossians chapter 1 it says and you who were once alienated and hostile in your mind doing evil deeds he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death why did he do that he's reconciled us he's brought us back together with the father why did he do that and in his body he did it in order that he could present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him Friends, when we partake of the bread, we're reminded that the broken body of Jesus made it so that we can have access into the presence of the Father again. Those angels that barred us from re-entry into the garden, they're out of the way now. Because of the body of Christ, when He died for us on the cross, He made it so now we can come back into the presence of the Father. The access which was lost has been restored because of Jesus on the cross. We are now reconciled to the Father by the body of flesh of His death in order to present us holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. As we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight, we practice what's called open communion here. This is the Lord's table. It's not ours. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, we invite you to partake with us. And as we observe this tonight, what we're going to do is pass out the elements and hold them until everybody has 
and then we'll partake together. But as we partake of that bread, the bread represents it is the body of Christ, the means by which we can have access into the presence of the Father again. If, you, if you're lonely, if you're outside the family, if you're outside the house, Jesus looks at you and says, listen, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm telling you the truth. Nobody can get to the Father except by me. And then he went to the cross and died so that we could come into the presence of the Father. And so we thank him. And so we thank him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the body of Christ, the access to your presence that it affords. God, where would we be without Jesus? We would still be on the outside. We would still be locked out. But God, thank you that by the body of Christ, we have been given access into the presence of an eternally loving, an eternally good God. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Cherish the old rugged 
This is the means by which, as we partake of this, this is the means by which we have access into the presence of the Father. Thank you for Jesus. Forgiveness Where all the love 
reminds us of something that reminds us of the blood and you know it's great to be able to get into the presence of the father but if you have sinned against him if you don't experience his pleasure that might not be the best place you want to be how many of us wanted to go to the principal's office when we knew he was right Jesus looks at him and says it says he took the cup and when he had given thanks for it he gave it to them and he said now listen 
I want you to drink this, all of it, because this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, and here it is, why? For the forgiveness of sin. Now, the bread, the body is what got us into the presence of the Father, but when we get there, it's the blood that makes it so it's okay to be there. We're not afraid of him. We're not trembling in his presence. There's a purpose in this cup just like there was in that bread. And the eternally and loving God whose purpose for creation was to share his enjoyment and his love with the people who would respond to him is afforded to us in the body and in the blood of Jesus. But he tells us there's not going to be any sin that glories in his presence just by getting there with the body that's been broken. So in order to make it so that there can be peace in his presence, so that there can be rest. He's, Jesus said, listen, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. All of you that labor in a heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You can't earn this. You can't work hard enough to obtain this. You can't be good enough to deserve it. Jesus looks at us and says, it's your sin that got you into this problem. And because of your sin, you had to be cast out. My body's going to make it so you can come back into the presence of the Father now. And my blood is going to make it so that if you'll receive it, if you will believe that, that the death that he died on the cross, it was for us, it was for me. He looks at us and says, if you'll believe it, then not only can you get back into the presence of the Father because of my broken body, but in his presence, you can experience forgiveness of sin because of the blood that's been shed. There's peace, there's rest, there's deliverance from sin because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Listen to what he said in Colossians 1 concerning the blood. It said, in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form in Jesus. Everything that was God is God, will forevermore be God, is in Jesus. through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven here's what he did making peace by the blood of his cross we can come into his presence with the boldness that we're told about in the book of Hebrews not because of anything we have done but because of the blood which Jesus has shed for us for the forgiveness of our sin we can come into his presence and have peace Friends, by accepting his gift of forgiveness, we have that thing which we have sought for for years, the thing the whole world desires. We can finally have peace, and that peace in the presence of the Father. The body makes it so we can come to his presence, and he looks at us and says, come home. Jesus said, I'm the only way back to the Father. But who wants to go to the Father if we're covered with sin? And the blood of Jesus is what makes it so that that sin is forgiven, it's taken care of, it's, it's dealt with, it's been paid for. And the offense that each one of us caused in the face of a holy God has been addressed in the body and the blood of Jesus. Dear God, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ.
want you to take this and I want you to drink it, every one of you, because this blood is shed for the forgiveness of sin. And for that, we say, dear God, thank you for Jesus.
day, firstborn of the slain, the man Jesus Christ laid death in his grave. Jesus to die for us. Uh, his death is a personal invitation to every one of us to respond to God's love for you and for me. And the Bible says that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And so as we look at the cross tonight, let's not miss it. That's an invitation from God to receive him, to receive Jesus as our personal Lord and our personal Savior. And it's as simple as just saying, to God, I am sorry for my sin. Thank you that Jesus died for me. I receive you into my life. Jesus, be my Lord. And when you do that and you pray that with an honest heart, uh, you are made eternally different. You're given eternal life. Heaven is yours. And God comes into your life in the person of Jesus by his spirit and makes you new. So we invite you to do that tonight. If you've never done that, please. Uh, Simply, now, by your bedside tonight, uh, say, Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my life, and you'll be made new. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you showed your love to us, and that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Father, as believers in you, we hope in the resurrection that's ahead now. God, we thank you for his death, and we thank you that he conquered sin and death. And God, I pray for each person in this room that we would each individually receive you into our hearts and in our lives as Savior and Lord. God, we give this day, this evening to you, and we thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. And so they laid him in the grave, but Sunday's coming. Come Sunday, 9.30 and 11. We'll see you then. Ah. Uh -huh. 